0: In terms of, you know, freeing our consciousness and freeing our our genius, freeing our human potential to get mm-hmm. into this very um, alive, intimate relationship with time and recognize that, oh, it is indeed fluid, right? Yes. And, and I'm going to relate to it as a living being and mm-hmm. something that I'm in relationship with, that I'm in a conversation with. And once we really start to be in that place, we do... Um, We actually drop into an epigenetic level in our souls and we can become storytellers. We can become effective then, lucid, awake and effective inside of collective stories that are being told, right? We liberate ourselves inside of what you know, I call the glitch, right? The aberrated reality, the inverted reality, all of that kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. what, it, it is very, very important we start to shift um, our, our whole sense of self, our whole concept of who we are as humans when we get into this new freedom with time.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Psychical Living Podcast, a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full, cyclical, soulful life. I am Sara Dusalara, founder of the Wild Rose Mystery School, a place dedicated to reawakening the wild cyclical ways of our earth, body and soul. Enjoy this episode, my love. Holly Hamilton is the founder of Awakening Avalon Temple School and Foundation. The temple is a vibrant global community dedicated to restoring the Avalonian, Arthurian, and Grail mysteries. The temple offers experiential and embodied education for spiritual leaders to anchor their mythopoetic gifts and emerge to serve as an awakened and thriving future for our world she works globally with many of the top teachers mystics and guides in the divine feminine leadership community she she deeply believes in the power of an engaged spirituality to change the world holy rafaela is a high priestess a practical mystic the mother of an incredible girl a devoted lover of beauty and prayer her life is dedicated to feeling the holy through ceremony, teaching, and writing. She is a champion of all the faces of womanhood with particular love for the dark goddess. Hello everyone and welcome to the second season of the Cyclical Living Podcast and I'm delighted to be here with Holly Hamilton who is one of my main teachers and so I am overjoyed that I can start the second season with her by my side so a big welcome and a huge thank you for joining Holly to this Mm. podcast well thank you so much for the invitation Sarah you know we we mentioned it
0: and talked about it a little bit last year and it didn't you know settle into our schedules and it, i just always trust that it's you know the perfect timing and i'm just so very delighted to drop in with you today i've loved our connections that we've had in the past and just you know look forward to everything that's that's moving forward and always love what you bring and what you share so thank you for the invitation
1: <laughs> thank you yeah um so let's drop right in the podcast is called Cyclical Living, and I love to ask to the guest what cyclical living means for them, because it's a very ancient way of living, but it has been overshadowed and forgotten a bit with the modernization. And um, yeah, so could you give us your perspective on what cyclical living means to you and how yeah. you embody that? Yeah. Well, I love this topic. It was one of the reasons why
0: I really had just a full, a holy yes to, you know, our conversation today. I feel like it is, I know I'm preaching to the choir with you, but but I feel like it's it's one of the the things that actually heals us at a profoundly deep level, right? Um, As you mentioned, our modern cultures, they're um, industrialized. They run on these very false values that capitalism embeds and entrains us into and so many of us grow up um actually relating to ourselves as machines almost Mm -hmm. right like we expect our rhythms we don't even have rhythms we just expect a constant kind of output from our from our beings and we're not that right we are literally um embodiments of the earth herself right as we choose an earth walk and we come into an incarnation um, from the Avalonian Druidic tradition that I teach, we actually draw um, a body from each of the elemental realms from air, fire, water, and earth. And those um those are very primal realms. And they they combine and you know, our soul guides the organization of each of the elemental bodies into the wholeness of what will serve in our particular lifetime. And we're in a deep level. We our primalness is the key to fully being here to healing everything. And so, you know, as that as being a part of the earth herself, right? So our physical body comes from the earth realm, it comes from the elemental realm of earth. And the earth is fully a cyclical being right the the only way that life exists here on the planet is because of this very powerful beautiful ancient rhythm and cycle that she has with the sun right and so that level of of becoming conscious to who we are and fully saying yes to that extraordinary uh, it is an ancient rhythm it's an ancient conversation um, that for me has been the most powerful healing that I've experienced. So, you know, we can talk as much as we want to in therapy, which I am a full yes to, I think we all need that. Right. And we can heal through archetypes, um, feminine archetypes, um, which is very powerful, but underneath that, really going back to the elemental realms, going back to kind of the building blocks of our reality. And all of those are, very cyclical right so it's not a machine um we have a tendency again from this entrainment with industrialization um cultures to to just think that we should always be on right and that output and productivity and all of that these are all measures of success and so there was a i as i track larger larger streams of consciousness um there was a huge break in, especially in the Western psyche, when the Industrial Revolution happened, when we moved from rural lifestyles where we were intimately involved in the growing of our food. We grew up in lands that our ancestors grew up in, and we had deep, intimate relationships and communionships with the land itself and with those rhythms, right? And once we started to, once the industrialization, Uh, started to really amplify through the Western cultures. That was when we started to get um, you know, very, very erratic senses of self, uh, a sense of not belonging and being lost and all of that. And so this return to the cycles of the lands that our ancestors are from, um, they're actually deeply embedded in our bones, right? And so all of that is just—it's very—it's just very important to our actual health, um, our physical health, emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, all of it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I deeply resonate with that. And when you were touching upon that—that that shift from the industrial revolution, my whole body just kind of goes in like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like this deep, uh, this connection from that. I see it also the sovereignty of the land because it is yes. very much when we're being asked to always continue and live in that machine mode, machine is operated from somewhere else, from outside of itself as well. So when we kind of go back into that natural rhythm, that cyclical flow, that all of our life, as we know it, at least as humans, um, we reclaim that sovereignty as well. And I feel like this is also part of the Druid tradition. Maybe you can speak to it where the sovereignty is in the land. Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely, very much. So I love, um, you know, the the shift, real deep shift from um, the mechanized sense of self and the that the earth is mechanized, right? That even um, that she's not animate, right? She's not a being herself. All of that that she's a, um, you know, a a place where we extract resources from, mm-hmm. and you know, all of that is it's just it's 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 the big. It's a big chasm, right? It's the big wound that all of us are struggling within. And um, so when we return to one of the things that I noticed when we really deeply return to this connection with the land, we start to understand and, and re-embody, reanimate animate um, the an intimacy right with the land itself and in the land itself are all of the stories of our ancestors they're all the stories of the planet they're the stories of the the planet's journey in consciousness where you know she has a story that she's telling and it's told through the seasons it's told through these deep deep cycles and it's told through the dance of the elemental realms you know in in the way that they interact with each other so one of my favorite um, terms that I like to um, consciously invite people to shift into is going from mechanized reality into mythopoetic reality, into like the sense that we are actually living myths. You know, we can trace um, fairy tales, we can trace mythologies to the fact that the, these stories, um, which are really maps to our uh, collective human consciousness, our collective psyches, um, they actually rose out of landscape they rose out of land sea and sky they rose out of the the living wisdom that's in these realms and you know in in the same way that um we can look at evolution as like wow you know we all came from water to begin with and then we developed these physical bodies as well and you know all all of it right it's just we're actually a living myth right now and that to me it's just it's so extraordinary it's that that exchange of connection the exchange of life force and once we really get that then we can become uh, lucid right we can become lucid we can start to actively you know the um that beautiful words that you mentioned sovereignty we can actively become participants in the co-creation of you know evolving sovereignty evolving myths and that that to me is kind of the 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 real fertile um reason that we're here right (laughs) to to remember that and to reanimate that inside of us and to really partner with the earth to partner with her to partner with um our lineages um our earth-based lineages and even you know then we can expand into a sense of that the earth herself is part of a greater system part of a greater cycle the solar system and then the Galactic systems and the the big cosmic systems and the cycles that all of those are in as well too. So um, I love to see how there's the microcosm and then the macrocosm with the with the cyclical living too
1: yeah definitely yeah and i love that you touched upon that um part of really going into the earth and, and becoming aware and becoming one or seeing it as one yeah. and that brings it back to me to the very mundane simple things as eating yeah. and yes that we are constantly feeding but also giving and taking in this way with the earth yeah. and i have one friend and he says it beautifully he says when we're talking about the Garden of Eden, what we often forget is that if it's a garden, that means that humans were gardeners. Mm. So if yes. you really want to be returning yes, I love to that. the we're garden, I get the chills with that. <laughs> Absolutely, holy totally yes, yes to that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so I love that because it becomes so simple. And as you yeah. said, is we can do so much talk therapy. We can do all that. Mm. We can do the shadow work from the mind do all that which is so important and definitely the mind plays a hugely important role where to me the stories that we speak kind of enters through the mind but then bringing it down into the body and actually living it and seeing it in the simple mundane things of eating or cleaning with I don't know essential oils instead of chemicals that are not good Absolutely. for our microbiome or the planet <laughs> and they come yes. in plastics so it's and that's what i love about cyclical living is it's a very vast concept and you can make it as mysterious and mythical as we want with the cosmic cycles and the earth cycles and the stories and the myths and you can make it as simple as planting yes. seed and tending it and yes. Feeding yes yourself and your loved ones
0: Yeah. I, you know, I'm really at a place in my life where I just don't see that there's any difference really. Right. It's like we we've gotten one of the shifts I think happened with that industrialization is, is that we started to see the, um, spirituality as separate from our regular lives as well Mm -hmm. right we start to kind of cloister those energies into separate realms and really they're not i mean you know i am i'm right there with you i'm such a fan of our everyday like everyday enchantment right where you know i drink i drink the tea and i remember that oh the herbs that made my tea are these amazing beings that take sunlight Mm. and they turn it into form right like they're doing this magic and photosynthesis every day and then i get to drink this elixir yeah. that is literally sunlight right in in liquid form <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> right yeah. and just just those simple remembrances of like this is this is a sacred act and to me that is the, the one of the sig- really significant ways that we reestablish that consciousness of the garden Mm-hmm. And that I do believe um, that our, one of our great purposes here as a as human, like, so what is our human purpose, right? Is, is to be stewards of yes. this tremendous, I mean, it's a great mystery. It's a tremendous experiment that we're here and it's an adventure. It's like a quest that we're all here with earth, not on earth, but with earth. Mm-hmm. And that um, as we tend to these cycles consciously, whether it's the, you know, just the simple offering of thanks to the tea as we drink it, and then all you know, and and just taking a a second to go, right? So this comes from the sun,
1: yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, thank you, sun, and thank you to the rain and the wind and the soils that grew this this plant, right? And just just even a moment like that, and mm-hmm. um, we participate in this incredible adventure that the great mystery is. know expressing here right (laughs) and and i think that you know one of the i don't know one of the things that feels so very alive to me right now um is and i talk about this with um the the women that are in the priestess path with me is that you know we're not um we have a from the mechanized part of ourselves right from the industrialized or the capitalist consumerist part of ourselves we have a tendency to think about our spiritual path maybe even as something we consume or as something that we do right and so we have a a lot of sense of doing ceremonies or doing spirituality doing the practices and yes there is an active engagement that's important but um one of the deepest places that i know from having walked the path for many years is that actually the path does us Right. (laughs) Like, like the path is literally like walking itself through us and you know when we drop in with ceremony i know you have a great love for earth ceremony right Mm -hmm. and when we tend to the earth and her rhythms with these beautiful earth ceremonies um we do them we actively do them and we participate and though there's something that happens so there's almost a polarity shift when we're inside of the ceremony where we realize wow actually this ceremony is doing me Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's great transformation and transfiguration that's afoot when we can soften our consciousness and and go back into that collaborative state um, where we really rose out of. Right. We are part of the web of life. We're not separate from that ceremony helps restore that at such a profound level because we do remember our sense of belonging then. And we do remember that actually, you know, in terms of um, the cycles and the seasons of the earth. Um, I really see, you know, we have um, the Celtic Wheel of the Year, right? So many of us now practice the solstices and equinoxes and cross-quarter days. And they're they're significant times for the earth herself, right? Mm -hmm. They're determined by the earth's relationship with the sun. And so there there are moments that we show up for her, but then just like we'd show up to a beautiful wedding of a friend of ours, there's something in that ceremony that actually we receive something and we were changed ourselves, right? Our consciousness changes and calibrates and adjusts. And, and um, yeah, it's just that, that incredible relationship, that exchange of intimate energy, that exchange of presence um, that I just, I, it's one of my favorite parts of when I can feel inside of me, when that shift starts to happen, when I get out of my doing state of being in ceremony, and then all of a sudden the ceremony underneath picks up, And, and there is a spontaneous revelation oftentimes that happens. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I hear that totally. That's for me when, when it shifted as well for ceremony as an earth ceremony that we do, it restored that sense of belonging, that deep sense of belonging. Whereas from the mechanized point of view, it's, it's very much of a disconnection and a loss of home. But when we do these earth ceremonies with the rhythms of the earth itself, and it can be anything, it doesn't need to be super huge and fancy. It can be just as small as sitting with a tree or with a plant or whatever, and that it... It kind of feels like we're bleeding back into the earth mm-hmm. you know where where it's it's so subtle and soft like you say there's like the ceremony underneath and for me oftentimes it's when i'm in the moment i'm not even aware of what i'm doing but then afterwards mm-hmm. i will have a dream or i'll yes. be somewhere and i'll be like oh I was yeah. doing that. I didn't right. I wasn't aware.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. The revelation kind of can it's it's a adjustment time and it's the translation that's happening. I mean, I one of the things that I, I'm fascinated about, um, and this comes from a real deep sense of um you know the the lineage that i'm from is a dragon lineage and so it's a different it's a it's a different time space continuum than most of our human consciousness is in Mm -hmm. and it it moves in a different way and so from that assemblage point um the world is really very different it it would be like you know um we can see you know science now we can look through the eyes of a of a bee and we Mm -hmm. can see different colors or we could you know we know that dogs have it's just this incredible sense of smell that we as humans aren't we don't access as much but as we reclaim this belonging as we shift from that mechanization and we shift back to you know i don't like to throw it back too much to romanticizing ancient ways of being because we want to reclaim what's there but we also want to be in the now and mm-hmm. recognize that actually the now is the point of power right and we don't want to be in a fantasy of thinking oh everything was perfect back when yeah. whatever right before industrialization etc mm-hmm. because a lot of the technology these days that we actually can say yes to some of it because it does free us up in many ways and you know for instance just even you and i connected right mm-hmm. through you know our love hate relationship with social media like, yeah. <laughs> There's like that, you know. That there's such an incredible thing that we're our souls are connecting through these modern technologies. We mm-hmm. just have to remember how, how can we collaborate with them? How can we use them? So we want to really feel into, um, you know, my one of the things I love is, is thinking about, well, what's the legacy that we're living Mm -hmm. that we're we're going to
1: gift to the ones to come. Right. Yeah, That's our ancient way of seven generations. When you take action, think about the seven generations to come. Mm. Yeah,
0: exactly. And Mm. so there's like this sense of um, that, you know, we don't want to fantasize about the ancient ways, but we want to pull this real sense of soul value and belongingness to the deeper story of the earth and and really gift forward what is how can we how can we collaborate with that how can we again this reweaving of belonging is just it's just so essential right Mm -hmm. because once we have a belonging to earth and we remember wow she's speaking to us all the time she's alive these elemental realms are alive the animals have deep powerful medicine to share with us the plants do all of that that then you know our job is to caretake that right Right. it's to support the thriving of that and Mm -hmm. um you know we all know that when we're when we're young right so we all Mm -hmm. know that and then we we forget as we entrain more into into that mechanization
1: so Yeah. yeah Indeed. You were speaking also about time there for a second and where you, with your yeah. dragon lineage, having a different concept of time. And it was funny because I actually this week was redoing a class of yours about time weaving from the uh-huh. rail gates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. It's really important, but there was one sentence that was that you said in there that I wanted to bring into this podcast, oh, beautiful. Yeah. which was free time from industrialization and return yes. it to its organic flow which I think everything that we spoke into already feeds yeah. into that so it just came up quite organically in that yeah tree. yeah that's wonderful um, but how can you speak a little bit about the concept of time yeah. from those different perspectives from the perspective of the mechanization sure and then the dragon earth base yeah.
0: yeah this is this is one of the things that I really believe that if we reclaim our uh, relationship to time as fluid and as a living experience rather than as set, right? That an hour is 60 seconds and et cetera, et cetera. Um, cyclical living, by the way, I, I believe is, is the key to doing this, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, I'm,
0: I'm, I'm no longer, I no longer believe in linear time as mm-hmm. it is, right? And we know that just inherently when we can feel that, all of us feel it where we can be doing something that we love, And we do enter into a zone and the next thing we know it's five hours later or we can be having to do our to-do lists, right? (laughs) And feeling like, oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs>
1: like it's yes. like taking so or long for a job if you if you don't right? i had that my previous job previous job yeah. i didn't like it i was working on a computer and every 2 minutes i was checking only 2 minutes have passed <laughs> right and you're
0: so. like, oh, <laughs> like it feels like it's 2 hours right so
1: time is time time is like, linear time is actually an illusion mm-hmm. it's just it's not even real no it's right? handy it's, for decision making like us right now getting together exactly. but apart from that it's not that constructive no it can
0: it it can actually imprison consciousness right and Mm -hmm. so when we um break it and that's one of the things that did happen with industrialization right so we got out of before industrialization we were waking with the sun and going to sleep with the sun right and for women especially Mm -hmm. when we get out of that circadian rhythm out of that seasonal rhythm our hormones go really whacked out our moon cycles get mm. they can get very painful it's one of the reasons that i see so many women struggling with their menstrual cycle is because of this um yeah. this industrialization that happens mm-hmm. right so um but returning back to the time piece um consciousness runs so time is how we organize our flow through space I oftentimes I, I don't it's hard these days to talk about um I I'm trying to pull back in a way from too much overgeneralization of getting into like oh this is masculine and this is feminine right um but just just saying that um time is a very structured thing right mm-hmm. and and then space is a very it's it's a flow thing right and so we can think a little bit about that the time is masculine and space is feminine it's not exact and I, and again i really i, I want to say that really specifically because there's been a, a dogmatic thing that's been going on in polarity teachings and this kind of thing where we just we we're we're um assigning things gender right as gender itself is evolving and yeah. so anyway I just want to just drop that in really clearly to just encourage everyone um to to let go of any dogma around these kind of things so they just they're just terms that I'm using quite quite loosely but they, they're helpful in terms of understanding well time is an organization of space and and it's very again it's, it's chosen by humans right mm-hmm. so we Decided at one point that oh there's we're gonna measure with a clock sixty seconds equals an hour and that and there's so many hours in a day and then the day starts at this time and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And I do I love what you said about you know that we wanna it's a technology that we can use to allow connections to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and to steward and to support that. But other than that, yeah. to free our consciousness, and we can we also there it's it's connected into actually freeing um, and getting numbers out of being enslaved, right? So numbers have very clear sentience, they have vibratory frequencies. Um, just for instance, you know, we're we're actually not technically like even. Actively, we're not in 2023 right now. You know, we have this Gregorian calendar that turns on January 1st at 2023, and so now we're in 2023 rather than 2022. And we can use the frequency of oh, there is a there is a number frequency seven that's connected to 2023, and that's very valuable. But we want to recognize that you know, where the Earth is not 2,023 years old. <laughs> Like, like that was a that was a clearly chosen moment that was Matrix very specifically by, um, you know, uh, to to gather and to harvest human consciousness from quote people in you know in the church and all of that kind of thing, right? So, so in terms of you know freeing our consciousness and freeing our our genius, freeing our human potential to get into this very, um, alive, intimate relationship with time and recognize that, Oh, it is indeed fluid. Right. And and I'm going to relate to it as a living being and Mm -hmm. something that I'm in relationship with that I'm in a conversation with. And once we really start to be in that place, we do, um, we actually drop into an epigenetic level in our souls and we can become storytellers we can become effective then lucid awake and effective inside of collective stories that are being told right we liberate ourselves inside of what you know i call the glitch right the aberrated reality the inverted reality all of that kind of stuff and so mm-hmm. what it, it is very very important we start to shift um our our whole sense of self our whole concept of who we are as humans when we get into this new freedom with time Mm -hmm. it's it's extraordinary right it is
1: yeah Mm -hmm. and even bringing it back to um like the daily life again the more simple version of it as i can see it would evade a lot of illnesses and diseases because so many people so I have a a day job and then I have this job and in this job it's very much about cyclical living and in in winter I take so with the podcast I've just taken a break and for because winter it's a time of dreaming lots of sleeping but then the day job requires that mechanistic always show up at this time no matter what no matter how you're feeling but I feel if we would like you say free time and collectively decide that we're going to do things differently from now on. Yeah. So many people wouldn't have these depression states in winter because they will be sleeping because that's what their body is asking. Right. They're not forcing (laughs) themselves to do this,
0: to use their mind in a way that the mind is not naturally inclined to work at that particular season. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and the truth is, is that especially with the, um, lack of rest that we now get in the quieter seasons um, are the, the possibilities of our vibrant health diminish significantly when we don't get that rest, when we don't get that downtime, you know, and we're, we literally evolved as part of those seasons. So Mm. uh, yeah, I mean, so, so many
1: illnesses on all the levels would start to resolve. And with, even the programming of the mind, because yes. I was having, I, um, I was at the winter solstice in Newgrange, which is a very ah place, Yes, I beautiful. remember seeing
0: some of your images. They were so vibrant. And so I could feel all yes. of the magic of those. Yes, uh, we did yeah. some
1: powerful geomancy there with beautiful yes. souls. Um, so that's in Ireland for people that don't know Newgrange. Very yes. powerful, sacred site. And I was there and I had like this revelation of a bit of a dark thought where i had a teacher who was part of the military very high up and his job yeah. was training people but retraining their mind yeah. so that they could be in combat do things yeah. that a normal people a normal person wouldn't do because the morals right. wouldn't allow it exactly and his job was retraining the mind to get them to do follow orders yeah. so talk about like the mechanistic <laughs> mind right Right. And- the way that he reprogrammed them was by keeping them awake right. for such a long time.
0: Like, Sleep not deprivation. Letting, but,
1: and, and also when I was in Palestine, that is one of the, the ways that they torture people before interrogation. So these are real yeah. dark things that humans do. And that was the revelation that I had with that is if we are, all of us, on tired on a consistent basis because we are living in that nine to five, well, for more, most people, it's yeah. less because of traffic and all that yes, so we yes. are tired on a constant basis and then we are watching hollywood the news yeah. we are being programmed yeah we are just more and we're eating processed to, foods that don't process- give
0: us the nutrition that our bodies yes. need to really thrive and allow mm-hmm. our consciousness to have even a little bit of the creative potential yes. right that yeah. we actually do have oh exactly. yeah I'm, I'm right there so, with you. No, yeah. yeah
1: and so this is a bit of like the very dark suppressed yeah. part of it but that is why cyclical living is such a powerful state because i'd imagine if people would listen more to their bodies to those yes. natural rhythms and then with them choosing the myths and legends that they feed themselves with Um, For example, these ancient stories of the Druids or of the Gnostics, of uh, Sumeria, Babylon, right? These beautiful stories that we don't want to replicate, but can draw out of, which is what humanity always is. They always evolved and shifted and transformed. Then we can become the stewards again and it is yes. that simple it's literally yes. that simple and yet it is very difficult to do it I know <laughs> well it's interesting though it's it's like i think that
0: um what i what i see is is so many more people are choosing yes. to and and feeling the lack of health and, you know, that to me, when we are in a state where wherever there's a wound or there's a rupture or, you know, we've got a health circumstance, I just have been through a few years of some very, very deep, powerful physical healing that I've been journeying with. Um, And instead of relating to it as something that was wrong in my life, um, I related to it as an ally. Yeah. And as a place of, oh, this is showing me where I can find more of my genius, right? Where my body, my psyche is asking for something different, and and it can happen even like I was a very aligned person even before that. But as we do evolve, um, we you know we can relate to illnesses or ruptures or wounds as places literally where we can reestablish. connection to truth and then listen to what that guidance is saying Mm -hmm. around okay so where where is my path where's my trajectory going and um and i really believe I, i love hearing all so many more stories so many more people are are desiring that great desire to be healthier that great desire to find the earth again right so we can find the longing and the longing can introduce us and it will actually call us together. Right. And so then you so many people that are doing earth ceremony. Now there's so many people that are desiring this. And as we um, link in together and as that consciousness grows, it's simply going to um, like supplant mm-hmm. the Consciousness that does like the torturing, right? Yeah. That is it yeah. desire. I mean, where, where does that even come from, right? Like, that is such an aberration yeah.
1: that that would happen, right? I would have um, curiosity to see how deep you can go, right? Going yeah, into the rabbit you know, I mean, hole and kind of forgetting. Forgetting. Yeah, like, I, mean, I think it would be also a state of not being grounded because as we were speaking about yeah. the geomancy and doing earth magic, yeah, people that do earth magic literally cannot create something that is destructive mm-hmm. on the long right. term things yeah. that i've heard and i've listened that other people do that i thought like oh i would never come up with that <laughs> Be- because
0: <laughs> if you i was <laughs> just talking with my daughter about this the other day you know she she showed me some show right and that's how the programming happens right it's, well it's happening now through TikTok and you know through oh, yeah. all, the, all the media right i mean it's propaganda so much of it um but i'm like, where- I would never even think of some of <laughs> these things, right? And and so but as we what we want to do then is we want to feed the collective consciousness yeah. with empowering yeah. mythologies, yes. with the frequencies of health, with yes. the frequencies of Oh, wow. You know, this has been my experience and all this. So one of my favorite things to do, you've heard me talk about this before. Um, I think I shared it in the Emerald Path last year, um, is to find places of sacred sites that are Ooh. on local the local landscape where you are. And sacred sites can be places where, you know, two streams come together. Um, it can be places where there's an outcropping of ro- Really, actually... The whole planet is sacred, right? Yeah. The whole planet yes. is a sacred. So it's not like <laughs> you know, it can be a park, you know, just down the street for yeah. your potted plant. It can be, you know, mm. your your bed. Yeah. Right? Can, your body, your yeah. body, yeah. consciousness, right? So in any case, you know, going to a sacred site of choosing, and then you know, at these times of the equinoxes and the solstices and the cross quarter days or a turning of the moon, we have a beautiful new moon coming up this weekend. um, Then. We can sit in those places and we can offer our prayers into the earth, right? And it can, they'll go out through the ley lines and they'll infuse into because at that level, that level of primal consciousness in the land, which is dragon consciousness, that connects us all. Yeah. That is shared territory. The earth is common ground for all of us. Right, and it, that's where you know when we drop down into those layers, um, we can't lie in those layers. We we do belong in those layers, um, and so it's in you know it's like really the healing right now is is a collective healing that we're all afoot with. So you, we can pray into the earth herself, you know, into the waterways. We can pray into the dragon lines. We can pray into you know even into streets where streets now channel consciousness, yeah. right? Like the Chantelize in France, it was specifically created like that to channel energies through the city. Right. Um, so we can with, with our free will choice, the simple things even of just saying a really simple prayer of like, I pray for all of the gr- girl children in this city to remember that they are loved. Mm. Right. Just something as simple as that. Right. And our our, our desire to do that and our, our simple action of that, it impacts so tremendously yeah. through the collective state. And then what it, I feel it does is I feel it actually purifies that collective state of consciousness where love returns to it. And then those thought those like those aberrated thoughts just don't have the same kind of power because not as many people are thinking them.
1: Yeah, yes, yeah, indeed. And yeah. also it brings the other people on your path.
0: Yes, I feel, yeah,
1: it's, and and not even like the, That's the magic of it. Was when um, for a long time my my rational mind was like, mm, "That's so weird to do." But when you do it and you yeah. just follow that desire, follow follow the heart and the womb. because yeah. it's very much of the lower territory. and yes. then you do it, and it comes back, and it just shows time and time again.
0: Yeah,
1: how much of an effect it has. Yes. And how powerful it was. And about the sacred sites, um, mm-hmm. I remember also once in your course, you were saying that on these specific times of the solstices and whatnot, it can be empowering to go to these sacred sites. Yes. But also, when you go to the Thor, or I had that experience at Newgrange, they are yeah. so packed with people. Yes. That don't know what they're doing. (laughs) So much is going on, and I've noticed (laughs) that for me to keep that clear channel yes wow I, that so was a, i was initiated into a whole new level of mastery yeah. to be yeah. able to keep that channel very difficult yeah. and i think yeah. therefore next time instead of me going to new to itself well who knows but i i think yeah. it would be nicer to go to one of the lesser known yes five or ten people and you can co-create yes. and have one clear voice seeing yes. into the earth or going out yes and then yes. that also which because these earth ceremony things it's also very much collaborative we can do it solo but we can do it together yes. in group and then that brings a new level of connection yeah. empowerment and when it's shared it's just the value increases um, absolutely of it. it's, a, yeah. it's an
0: exponent it's like that exponential thing where it's not one plus one like one person and one person equals two it's actually one plus one equals 11 right so that's a that's <sighs> That's a different, like, it's a different base in math and it's a different, you know, we think, oh, that's not true, but it actually is in a different time space continuum, right? So it's a, it's a place where we do amplify each other exponentially, not just as an addition, but it's an yeah. exponential kind of mm-hmm. vibratory yeah. amplification. So kind of feel I want like to touch on a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ahead. Can
0: I, can I anchor yeah, yeah. in one specific thing from what you said? Um sure. The the piece about when we go to some of the sites on big days that are becoming more and more well-known, so we've got more people that are showing up to well-known sacred sites on things like solstices and equinoxes. And um, I love, yes, absolutely, finding lesser-known sacred sites in your local ecosystems. So important for anybody that is listening and is interested in Earth Ceremony. So important doing um, your simple practices that we were talking about, your daily practices of, you know, just remembering as you drink your tea, wow, that actually, it comes from the sun and it comes from a collaboration of all of these elemental realms. And I'm so grateful and thankful. What that does is it actually stabilizes your own personal system. So it creates a healing in your own personal sense of belonging and um, you know, I mean, you know, we practice the center channel, right? That where we go down, we connect into the earth and we connect up into the heavens. So we have this real, the more you practice that, this center channel goes right down in front of the spine and um, it you actually become, you anchor and you uh, calibrate to the tree of life there. You calibrate mm. to the world soul, you calibrate to what we call the ancient rhythms or the de-industrialized rhythms. You calibrate to truth in that place the more you do those very simple things regularly, the more your own personal field then can show up at a gathering where there's lots of people doing lots of different things. And like you said, you can, oh yeah, you can hold steady and not feel so pushed and pulled around by everybody's energies. And to me, that is like, that's where we become lovingly Mm -hmm. influential, right? And that's one of the... I think one of the points of an engaged spiritual path Mm -hmm. is that your presence then becomes strong enough. You're linked to sovereign powers. You're linked to truth. Your, your elemental bodies, like your mind is tuned to the mind of nature. Your emotions are flowing with coherence with the deeper rhythms of the earth, right? These kind of primal rhythms of life, Um, your body itself, deep relationship with the physical body. Where We remember that our physical body is part of, the earth our ancestors lived from, Um, and then our desire body, our fire body, you know, we're, we're saying yes to the desires we have to be that steward, to remember, to find our genius, right? And then we can indeed be inside of the collective and sovereign rather than, I I noticed this when I was, um, when I was younger and I, it was when my daughter was really quite young and I was pushing her in a pram and, I was going through a neighborhood, like a different neighborhood for some reason, maybe I was visiting someone and I had this weird thought come through where I would say, Oh, I should get my daughter's ears pierced. And I'm not that, I I don't have judgments about that. Right. But I wasn't that kind of mom where I was like, you know, pierce my daughter's ears when she's under a year. Right. (laughs) I had this thought that came through and I realized I was like, that wasn't even my thought. It was probably the thought of the woman in the house I just passed, mm. right? And so most of the thoughts that we think and a lot of our emotional experience, it's actually, it's so linked to the collective, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we do get pushed and pulled around by collective flows. Yeah. So when we do these simple practices, like we're talking about with the cyclical living, then we we start to establish establish ourselves as a sovereign realm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, then our field starts to impact the collective field and yeah. tune the collective field rather than the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a tremendous experience to feel your identity and your personality start to shift and change around that, right? Around, oh, actually, I'm very safe because I... I have these connections to truth I have these connections I do belong right mm-hmm. and, and I'm in a field where I'm actively knowing my relationships with the elemental realms and practicing yeah. in a way of gratitude they, they, those all stabilize us so so powerfully yes. and, uh, yeah and and those those bigger ceremonies at larger sites they they can be,
1: quite a dragon ride
0: because of all that collective energy that's there right
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah indeed but then that that anchoring that is like you say that it's, it's important for in those types of um big ceremonies but also in daily life yes i I noticed that yeah being a priestess it's not just when we go into ceremony kind of right put put a veil on and now you're the priestess. It's a daily, every minute, every time. It's a lifestyle. And it is very interesting as as the deeper you anchor into yourself and your sovereignty as you were speaking, the more you notice your influence on the room. Where, um, again, at my other job. I have so much joy in seeing that is Mm. how I just by my energy, I won't be speaking any words, I won't be praying right. any faces, but just my energy alone, yeah. how much an effect it has on the whole. And it's Absolutely. really, really interesting to notice. But I, I think it's interesting that when we, when we have that desire to do that and to come within, yeah. if we would all be that sovereignty it wouldn't. Be, I think many people have a fear of that. If we're all sovereign and doing it for ourselves, then there wouldn't be any coherence. But that—that's mm. that's not it. That's not how yeah. I see it. But if we all yeah. do it, it's kind of like yeah. with an orchestra. If every yes, exactly. single person carrying an instrument is a master at that instrument, yes. then they can play the most harmonic concert ever. Yeah. But if yeah, there's absolutely. only one very good musician and all the rest <laughs> are just following him, it's going to be a bit.
0: Like, yeah it's not it's not quite as you know expressive of a symphony yes, right yeah no, i think yeah. that's that's such a beautiful point and you know what i find is is that the i think because the industrialized consciousness is so separate that you know when there's there's a thought of being focused in on the self could be selfish but when you really do that is especially when the focus is to link with the elements link with the land link with the earth all of that that actually when we do choose that and we focus on our self practices and all of that what's underneath all of that is then it only amplifies the desire for collective thriving, right? You find that clarified even more, you find yourself even more committed to common health, common wealth, right? How can we really thrive all
1: together? Mm -hmm. Yeah, indeed. And that reminds me of that piece that you touched on with women and their menstrual cycle. That's really where I focus on massively. It's about reclaiming the sovereignty over our body and our menstruating body, but also the... um, the other years when you cross over into menopause yes and it is there that I find most women also again is that simplicity of living with the natural cycles of our hormones that has such a massive ripple effect on our families our places where we go where we gather and just giving ourselves that permission to rest uh, when we're bleeding and then be active on the other parts and going like that outward, inward, outward, going into that flow. It increases the quality of life of everybody around you because we won't have that. I noticed a lot of women that I work with, the crashes just don't happen because instead of having action, action, action crash, it's just flow, action, rest. And it gives permission to those around us also to rest. When a woman who is in her Uh, bleeding days takes her rest she gives permission to her partner her man or even Mm. if if, if it's in a a heterosexual relationship of course but the men also get permission to rest and know always be active yes so again it's not selfish it's very much of showing up as a leader that gives permission yeah or kind of like a permission slip not yeah. Right, and so yeah. that's what I've noticed as well. Is like the well-being of everyone increases mm-hmm. if one decides to uplift yeah. their own energy.
0: Absolutely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say one thing too about, like specifically about the hormones with the menstrual cycle that I find is really important. I know we won't have a lot of time to go into into this, but I always like to drop this into a conversation about our women's cycles. Um, so, with my own journey around reclaiming hormonal health mm. and really going into right into that deep kind of sense of, oh the the mythopoetics of the body mm. and as, and there's there's a couple of terms like mythobiology and mythogenetics, right? And uh, that our DNA and even the the hormones themselves are sentient flows of energy. Ooh. Right. So estrogen, one of the things that I'm very curious about that I noticed with myself, I have tracked that and, and with a lot of the women that I work with too, in when when estrogen starts to spike, um I, I tracked it in myself, i tracked it in my daughter and lots of uh, lots of women like there can be a sense of um uh Oh, like a, a low self-esteem that starts to happen right so when when girls go through puberty and the hormones start to really move and flood mm. and there isn't a ceremony of honor for the first blood and there isn't teachings around what is this deep rhythm of fertility and femininity yeah that's happening, right? That those lost arts of the feminine and of what's actually going on in a woman's body as the womb is waking up to be able to create new life. And what is the deeper purpose, the poetic purpose even, not just the science of it, but the poetic purpose of the hormones. So one of the things I, I'm really, i really, I've been following along is that I believe that estrogen is meant to create enchantment and that we actually, as women, we do, it's a part of our health to do magic as part of a natural expression of our hormonal flows,
1: Mm -hmm. right?
0: And that originally girls, as they went through that rite of passage would have been you know they would have entered into the red tent or they would have entered into a women's circle of some kind where uh, elder women would be teaching about some of these deeper magics of the earth and about the deeper magics of the feminine body and yeah. all of that and that i really think that one of the kind of um, struggles that we can find and in, and in, and this just it just simply goes hand in hand it's parallel with the science of it it's parallel with you know tending to your hormonal health on an herbal level and all yeah. of that but that actually estrogen high levels of estrogen when we do magic when we have high levels of estrogen we're working some ancient enchantment arts that have been lost mm they're still in our bodies and we can, you know, kind of reclaim them, but they've been lost to our modern sense of consciousness as women. So um, just to kind of drop that in there as an invitation for women that are curious about their menstrual cycle and their hormonal health and all of that to listen for, Oh, what are some of, you know, what, what about, you know, some of the beautiful practices of magic that are, that are, you know, being reclaimed now.
1: So, yes definitely yeah. when you were speaking about that i actually had a vision of estrogen being that cr- magic as you say it resonates deeply yeah. and then progesterone i can say yeah. it in dutch yes, yes of course. <laughs> yeah. same in english progesterone yeah. is about maintaining it yes exactly could be, it's a stabilization yeah. of the stabil- your creation yes Exactly, yeah.
0: and so the estrogen enchants that... something. Mm. It kind of seduces it into being because as the estrogen spikes, we're obvi- like we're woo, we're yep. out. We're, <laughs> actually, the body wants to enchant. Yeah, right. Like, yes. It literally—that's its natural expression. That that mm-hmm. feminine sense yes. of you know when the flirtations happen, it's yes.
1: when you feel all the of attraction that, right? is higher. Yes. yes, the attraction is yes. higher as well. There's yeah. some interesting studies about that. I know, right? It's an ovulation, and the right. pheromones yes. really start moving yeah. more, all of it, right?
0: This <laughs> is I love this level of yes. really like opening up our view and opening up our embodiment of, okay, so this is happening biologically. And then what's that, what's that primal rhythm that's there? What's the primal yeah. story that's going on, right? Yeah. And yes, absolutely. Progesterone is that, that energy of like, oh, so now we're, we're creating something and we're going to
1: nourish it, yes. right? We're going to really like allow it to come into being right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, definitely and that is why I am such a strong advocate also on reclaiming your natural hormones yeah not working with chemical contraceptives there are natural ways of doing contraception I talk about that a lot again we're probably not going to go into depth with that (laughs) but that also weaves in perfectly with reclaiming that cyclical living and stepping out of the mechanized way Um, that is a key that is well to me it is one of the keys as a fully embodied woman really is to live with the natural hormones and even if it's after menopause um, still there is flow going on and I would say with the women that I know (laughs) it's even more powerful afterwards like the the queen crone she is yes She's yes.
0: one of the things I <laughs> one of the deeper teachings about menopause that um, I really feel is important is that so before menopause, when we're bleeding, we're very linked into, um co- again, collective archetypes of mother and wife. Right. And mm. there's there's very much the our bleeding time is so mm. much about creating the next generation biologically, right? Like that's the that's the biological purpose. It's like, it's creating the next generation, creating the family, sustaining the family, being really woven into those. And those are very sacred archetypes of womanhood. Then when our bleed stops at menopause, um, I actually feel that the consciousness of the womb um, goes wild again. Mm. It's no longer linked to, um, a a biological legacy. So the womb power is still tremendously there, right? It's, It's actually purified and clarified. It's also freed into this wild landscape of elderhood right Mm -hmm. and and what's very interesting to me is that if we think about even you know biological evolution um we're living so much longer now so women have so many more decades of vibrancy and tremendous amount of engagement in life post menopause than we used to our ancestors maybe you know just didn't have as much of a longevity that was there so now we have this territory for women that's opening up Mm -hmm. and it's quite a lot of territory like if you think generally women will go you know into perimenopause and mid to late 40s menopause Mm -hmm. sometime in the 50s kind of thing of course that's a generalization but, Um, but but then there's a lot of life a lot of vibrant life after that so i feel that there's some new archetypal evolutionary expressions of womanhood where you don't just go from mother slash queen to crone right away there's something Mm-hmm. There's something emergent in that territory, right? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you don't. You're not just going into oh, end of lifetime.
1: Yes, right? yeah, definitely. And that's like the three phases of yeah. the goddess going over into four. Well, I feel she's yeah. already there. She's already yeah, yeah. in the four phase, uh, four yeah. phase phases. Yeah. Just like there's four phases to the menstrual cycle, and it within, without. And the interesting thing about the menopause as well is that humans are together with killer whales and one other type of whales, the only species that go, that women go into menopause that they stop their bleeding. Mm-hmm. And um, they did some very interesting studies about that where the community as a whole thrives better with yeah. these wise women yes. because they take care of the mothers who are taking yes. care of the next generation. Yes. And um, that again yes, is absolutely. that longevity. Yeah. Which yeah. ties into before we hit record, um, you were speaking about the family line and mm-hmm. reclaiming our space in the family line. Maybe we can briefly yeah. talk about that before yeah. we close because it was so interesting and very important. Yeah. And as we've yeah, been speaking different. about earth magic and grounding into ourselves, that also yes. means reclaiming our close kin. Um, yes, and that yes. is definitely something that I'm also a strong ad- advocate for where yeah. it's, it's more fancy to go travel and so far and wide right. lands and do these crazy cool things and speak yeah. about amazing stories for our Instagram and whatnot. But <laughs> Hitting our home. Uh, and over the, I had a lot of cringe moments. I'm just going to speak it in here. I had a lot of okay. cringe moments over the Christmas period of the yeah. amount of stories and reels of, Oh, if you're going to your family and you're going to get triggered and traumatized, oh,
0: right, right.
1: Most families are not that bad, and there's right? a of yeah. So
0: that's that is so interesting. I, I love this, I love this gateway. Thank you for bringing us back into this because I think that there are a lot of very false storylines mm-hmm. that amplify the wounds. Yes, there are valid. Um, Dysfunction that needs to heal and there's challenges that we have across generations and families. Absolutely. And I do feel that this is one of the things that since the industrialization and all of us moving away into cities, like moving Mm -hmm. away from the lands that our ancestors came from that we did have breakdown of family systems, right? And the amplification of wounds happens then, right? The, psych- the psychology and all of that. And the truth is, is that family systems are, they're, they're meant to be um, human family systems are actually primal embodiments of like the bloodlines of the planet, right? And cross-generational connections heal heal those collective family systems and then they heal the earth because of that right Mm -hmm. so the transfer of wisdom between generations is a legacy piece and it's so important right now and I also feel that it's very linked to um well the um what did you say it's kind of the glamorization of oh this fancy glamorous luxurious lifestyle off in a foreign country or you know whatever very sparkly and exciting and all of that but we're we're it separates us from the simple things of life that actually give us the sovereignty back, Mm -hmm. right. That actually give us the power back and healing our families is so significant and healing the different roles that we play in our families. I know I was, before we hit the record, I was sharing about how um, I'm, Currently, I, I actually have a, um, a life in Britain and I have a life in the States and my family, my mother and father are in the States. And so um, they're heading into their end of life period now. And you know, so I'm here in the States more and I've been reflecting so much on how, yes, I'm, I'm a high priestess and I'm a mother and, um, I'm, I'm coming towards my, you know, my transition into menopause and all of that. Mm. And so, you know, I have all of these roles that I play and actually one of the most significant roles for me as a woman is my role as a daughter. Mm. And that doesn't mean that I'm not also a grown woman right that i i have i have a whole realm of you know the awakening avalon temple that i've created and developed and i have i have a whole life as a grown woman and in that um i find that i'm i i'm so enriched and this is just from my own self it isn't even from my parents or anything like that but just that i want to be a good daughter right like not in any kind of a way where it feels like it's oppressing me or anything like that, but I want to take care of my parents. I want to, I, 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 as myself, I value being a daughter. Mm -hmm. I value being, I value that role for myself, the wisdom that's there, how I can tend to my parents as they go towards their crossing. Um, And I feel like these are things that get, that have gotten obscured Mm -hmm. and are, you know, kind of almost um, uh, not really demonized, but in a way a little bit, you know, where like you were saying, oh, it's it's so glamorous to do this life where we leave where we come from and we leave our families and we go off and create our own lives and Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. It's just oh, there's so much power in our generations, right? There's so much power. And I mean, and you know, my family was a mess, you know, to be honest, (laughs) both of my lineages just have a ton of trauma in them that need a lot of healing. So it's not like it's like this perfected family system at all. Mm. Um, And there's, you know, just in the same way that there, there's just power that's there. And I also am very committed to um, my motherhood and not handing down the same traumas. And and I find that actually, you know, going back in my my own internal Mm -hmm. deep sense of being a daughter and taking care of my parents feels just so important for some reason, personally for that. But I also feel that it is something collective to as grown women to reclaim and really reestablish our connection to, well, what is daughterhood for us, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And reclaiming those stories for yeah. ourselves because there are so many gifts in that as well.
0: Yeah. And
1: when you were speaking, I have the same with my grandmother,
0: mm-hmm. where I
1: really value being a good granddaughter and yeah. I make it a decision to visit her. Yeah, often. And it's like a rule I have with myself. And again, it's not a rule that is oppressing me or bending right. sideways where, but it is enriching me. And yeah. getting to know my grandmother is also getting to know who I am, because I literally exactly. come from her. And so we're yes. part of each other. And I've noticed that yeah. works in the other way around as well It's where you said that your family is not perfect and had so much um, trauma yeah. in there. But I feel that if we go to them, from that state of sovereignty we heal them as well and their wounds just by being ourselves and with my grandmother she grew up in a time where women were not allowed to speak as much but she is a very mouthy lady
0: but she has
1: learned not to speak it directly but just like sit there grumpy and say what what doesn't <laughs> right, work. And I really challenge her to speak her yeah. truth directly so to me, but not yeah. in a way of like mm, with with, right, with just with, an, like an like invitation time. of like, Oh, I want to hear grandma. Exactly exactly i want to hear and i want to speak and i want to listen and that really helps me to understand which stories are alive in my bloodline in my dna because it does come to that yes they're mythopoetic but like you say mythobiological mytho it's like the dna the stories that we that our family live that's what's in our body physically so if we get to know them through our literal lineages they're so yeah. much easier to shift and transform and then not give them on yeah. to the next generation. Yeah. No. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely, completely agree with that one. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> I love hearing about your connection with your grandmother.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me too. I, I think it's very powerful. The elders um, yes. and that's, that's a part of my, personal story is what where I'm in right now as I'm crossing that maiden to mother phase is yes. um, again ch- inv- I think inviting is a, is a more suitable word than challenging mm. but it does come down to challenging sometimes the elders yes. to step up their roles as yes. wisdom keepers because in yeah. my day job I work in a home with elderly yeah. people and most of them they they have been conditioned they've they grew up in a place where uh, at least here in flanders the church the catholic church was so strong and telling them to obey and to keep Mm. quiet that they've grown into that but actually no we need our elders to speak their Mm. wisdom we don't need them to be silent and hush and don't say anything we need them to speak up speak their wisdom because that elders these grandmothers grandfathers they take care of all of us and so that's a big part of my personal um, yeah, transition so right now is to invite the elders to be their wise self yeah. and don't just be there like a lump of like oh I don't have anything right. to and tell, tell their it.
0: stories I mean this yeah. their stories heal right and mm-hmm. even just speaking them just even to your ears, right? Like yes. your body will hear it and remember. Mm-hmm. And right, there's there's a lot of lost wisdom that's happened there. And, and I do think that this is an important transition that we're in in terms of, um, a- again, revaluing eldership. And yeah. Revaluing, you know, choosing that again to say, Ooh. actually, I want to hear this. I get it, it's the same kind of energy of, oh, it's not so glamorous, right? Going yeah. out into this like you know amazing international life, but sitting down in like who are the elders of your family and your your ecosystems and. I mean, we can even transit that into, well, the trees are the elders of our ecosystem, right? Yes. They, they carry they carry the wisdom of the ecosystem across many generations because they mm. live for so long, right? They're in a di- different time-space continuum than humans are, right? Just kind of weave that back in as well, too. Yeah. So, um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah. so wonderful (laughs) yeah that feels a very beautiful place to close it off with the Mm -hmm. wisdom of the elders and the trees and yeah yeah Mm. always a
0: good place to complete
1: (laughs) indeed indeed um okay so for the final question I I always like to play a fun game um, which is asking the guest to paint a picture of how they would envision the world to look like if everyone was living in a cyclical way, hmm. it's a big one. But just yeah. Briefly. So let me. Just, I'm going
0: to close my eyes for yeah. a moment, and <laughs> um, well, I definitely immediately see. Right, more of um, in the druid traditions, we would call it the shining realm, which is mm. the time space continuum of the the fey, right? That kind of it, it. it is an enchanted realm where you know people are finding their genius and are living that with the support of others. And we have councils that include animals and plants and the sentience of the rivers and all of this. And we have a it's a very inclusive, mm. um, uh. We right and less i mean i don't even i I say this but i'm not certain about this i don't think there's less centralization i think there's still cities but somehow they're they're very woven in right and there is that kind of core presence of gratitude for Mm -hmm. our lives right gratitude giving thanks for like we know where our food comes from right Mm -hmm. we know Right? We just, we, we've, we trace that and that's been tracked and, and honored. Um, so there's an integrity, I think that weaves that shining realm together. Um, and then there is a pretty specific thing that I see that I feel pretty passionate about with um, on any spiritual path. And this is that in any culture where cyclical living is is really the core way of life that we have somehow come into it's interesting this actually links into your mention of uh the military and all of this that we've actually come into a full-on sense of how do we reclaim and healthily express aggression Mm. and that you know we all have mars in our char- astrological chart somewhere it is a very deep part of who we are as humans right and i mean certainly there's things where we could take all of that desire to a grass and channel it into sports right we see a lot of that you know even these days like with the olympics and all of that like that's a that's an incredible channel of that and so but that specifically to me is one of the foundational um, focuses that when we are living in a culture where we're all really thriving, mm-hmm. that we've taken the desire and the need for challenge, which is a very Mars warrior. Like we've got that that's tended to very precisely through probably eldership, right? <laughs> through belongingness, mm-hmm. through like, just, just that it's not, it's not either exalted into the military or shunned as mm-hmm. a damaging thing right yeah. that yes. it's actually it's integrated and it's it's got its place
1: yeah right Mm,
0: so, yeah. that's beautiful well, that's what comes to say right now I mean I think if you asked me in a different moment I might have said something different right <laughs> Probably, but
1: it's, it's really beautiful and I and I see your vision very clearly yeah <laughs> if people want to work with you um what are your current offers and where can yeah. they find you for sure there are links um below yeah, um, yeah. But beautiful. you don't a bit about your offers as well. Yeah. So my
0: website right now is it's being revamped. Um, there is a temporary website that's up. It's awakening The the main website is awakeningavalon.com. Uh, right now it's just a landing page and there's a beautiful video you know, invitation into the priest's path. This year through Awakening Avalon Temple, we're going to be running a foundations year. It's called Song of the Dragon and it incorporates um, two of the most beloved courses that are required courses for the priest's path of Avalon um, and all the information will be out on the website soon um, you can also find me on uh, instagram at, at awakening Avalon temple and on facebook at awakening Avalon um, and so those are you know you can go to I think both websites now have a place you can put your people can put their name in onto the newsletter list and mm, yes. find out more information there
1: yeah amazing So again, a big, big, big warm thank you for joining for this beautiful conversation. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. You as well
0: too, beautiful (laughs) sister. It's just uh, lovely to have spent this time with you. And I look forward to all the ways we weave in the future as well. So Mm -hmm. blessed
1: be. Me too, blessed be. I want to thank you for listening to this episode, my love. If you feel inspired to work with me on a deeper level, then I invite you to check out my offers on my website, wildrosemysteryschool.com, or through Instagram, where you can find me as deuce.sarah. And for now, sending you much love and cyclical bliss. Bye-bye.